Hi, I'm Brooke. And I'm V. And together we make... Night Noise! It's a podcast about plants and brains. It's also a podcast about having a headache. <laughs> it is uh, July 12th at about 8.30 yeah. in the evening. Yes, it is. We showed up just for you. Yeah, we did. And this is episode 11. What was that? 11 is a number with good juju. I always associate... Is there a name for the opposite of a baker's dozen? As in 11, not not 13? Um, Is there a word for that, do you think? A baker's anti-dozen? This is our baker's (laughs) anti-dozen episode. (laughs) And with that, let's get into it. (laughs) All right, sounds good. I love that with Zoom, it says recording in progress and you get to say, all right, got it. <laughs> it says, got it. It doesn't, know, got it doesn't it. say, okay, got it. <laughs> How aggressive is that? It's pretty aggressive. Oh my also, God. Also, since we didn't look last time and we accidentally recorded 15 minutes longer than we normally do, it's oh, 8.22 p.m. I'm just going to put on my stopwatch because I'm a professional <laughs> and, I, and I remember to do it and I don't have to talk about it. Ooh, timer. Do you okay. always mix up? Do you always Shots mix up fired. timer and stopwatch on your phone? Yes, one hundred and ten percent. Why? Yes. Why is that? And I mix up. Um, they're the same thing, but backwards. I also mix up. I also mix up the calculator and clock app. Oh my god, Brooke! I do that all <laughs> the what time. What the fuck is that? All the time I do all that. The, Literally constantly. Clock app time. Eh, that was bad. Sorry. Why is that? I don't know. I truly it, don't. I think why do I the keep icons, them next to each other? I think the icons look similar. You keep them next to each other. That's on you. Actually, mine are next to each other too. I can't. I can't see that. Whoops. Um, don't you love? By the way, we're both by coincidence in kind of these pillowy, dark, cozy dungeon um, atmospheres. I guess you could, yeah. you could say. I built a pillow fort for myself because I didn't like how my audio was sounding because it was really echoey. And then I read like, (laughs) I read a bunch of articles that were like podcasting for literal dumb people. And the (laughs) first thing they say is, it doesn't matter how good your mic is if you don't soundproof your space, you moron. It's like, well, shit. I'm in my living room. Let me give you, shall I give you a tour of the pillow fort that you can't see because it's too dark you know i think that you should because the listeners also can't see it so you're gonna yeah, exactly. have to describe it for both of us okay both. so all of us actually behind me we have the couch which um, <laughs> this is the worst episode of cribs <laughs> because you don't get to see it and because <laughs> the crib is literally a janky pillow fort that i threw together in like 10 minutes <laughs> Well, anyway, so directly behind me is the couch because you're supposed to have a very reflective surface or not a not reflective surface, sorry, a very sound dampening surface behind you. To my right is where I sort of mangled 
the pillow fort in order to crawl in here. Um, <laughs> to my left is uh, where my cat is trying to get in because she's very mm. confused about what's happening here. Yeah. Um, on the coffee table, I put down. <laughs> it's a wood, a wood coffee table, so I put down a blanket on the coffee table, and then there's some um, structural pillows to the left of my laptop. And um, our main structural support for the pillow fort comes from the kitchen chair that I stole and which is sort of. Can you take right a picture of, in front of, me. of what it looks like outside of the pillow fort? That can oh, be your contribution. I already, I already <laughs> did. That's my Instagram. That's the other thing. Brooke and I are both in dark rooms and we're both not making art. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I have I something to post. Are very disappointed, but we both have something to post, so like that yeah. counts. I'm in a dark room because I have a major league headache, and major bright league. lights are major league. Bright lights are hurting. So yo, I'm, bright lights when you have a headache can fuck. Yeah, off. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not into it. So no, I my mom, um, for whatever reason, decided. Also, I might be a little nasally because of my allergies. So no, you're fine. Am I not? I feel. You're, you are a tiny bit, but I think mm. it's more one of those things that like, you notice, I notice but it. others. I sound so like this in my head. <laughs> anyway, my mom. And I want you to talk like that for the rest of the episode. My mom cleaned out her closet. She found these shoes. <laughs> she did. She found these shoes from like 2000 and 2000, maybe. I don't know. Wow. I don't know when she got them. She still has them. There's such a Spice Girls moment. Ooh, love that. And have you noticed the early 2000s aesthetics are coming back in fashion? Yes, they are. Yeah. So I, I stole them, sh- uh, smashed my feet into them, took a picture with them, and felt, I don't know, 22 years old. Wow. Yeah, I felt hip. You say that like you're so far away from being 22. I feel very old, but not in a, oh, I feel, oh, I feel old. There's that voice again, but in a, like, I like being old, but I do feel disconnected when people from work who are in their early twenties come up and say things to me. Hmm. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Didn't I tell you, did I not tell you about the chicken nugget? (laughs) (laughs) I thought there was going to be more to that. There's a lot more to it. No, you didn't tell me about the chicken. Tell me about the chicken nugget. Chicken nugget. 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 Chicken nugget. Chicken nuggy. You have encouraged me with that voice, and now I'm not going to re- be able to not resist. <laughs> um, so in order for me... Oh, oh, oh. In order for me to, to tell you about it, I have to read the article title. Because in a different podcast that I listened to, that's how I found out about it. And then I, I went up to Mark... We remember Mark from last week's episode. He's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what any of that means. I went up to Will, who's 23, and I said, Did you understand everything I just said? And he said, Uh-huh. So let's play a little game. Oh no. Um okay. I get out of here. Privacy. <laughs> so oh fuck. I can't find the whole thing. And it's it, uh, whatever. McDonald's chicken nugget shaped like Among Us character sells for $100,000. Nugget has been a part of an exclusive meal offered by fast food chain in collaboration with BTS. Okay, I actually know what Among Us is because I've played it. Do you know what BTS is? Behind the scenes? 
<laughs> I don't my... know. <laughs> okay, so evidently. <laughs> is BTS I... like the company that produced <laughs> Among Us? No. That's oh. what makes it so weird. Um, I didn't know what Among Us was. I didn't mm. know what um, BTS was. And I didn't know people still ate at McDonald's. So it was very <laughs> You should have known that people still eat at McDonald's. It's like the no. biggest fast food chain of all time ever. Yeah, it probably is. Uh, Not like okay. I think that's like a, a like. Is it hashtag true. confirmed? Hashtag confirmed. So BTS is because a, purely uh, it's hashtag confirmed purely because I just said the words hashtag confirmed. <laughs> it's hashtag confirmed in my heart. Um, apparently, BTS is a K-pop group, and they had. Oh my some- gosh! I almost. Okay. Is that your almost you almost guessed that? Almost and they collaborated that. with McDonald's and as far what as did I they understand have to do with Among Us. So it was that's why this is such a ridiculous thing that happened in the world. Um <laughs> apparently, from what I understood, they collaborated with McDonald's and they offered exclusive packaging, which aka equals trash. Oh like my god. McDonald's has special BTS bags and wrappers and chicken nugget boxes which is where this chicken nugget allegedly came from it's whatever the point is is that i was here and i was like what the i don't understand any of this yeah and and the young people are like yeah (laughs) yeah i mean i I understood all of that you know what fucking keeps me up at night uh <laughs> I was I thinking thought, of something and I was you were like, gonna guess. I was, and then I was like, I have a headache. Just tell yeah, me. Yeah, that's totally fair. The the pervasiveness of advertising <laughs> and marketing. It's kind of fucking gross. It's literally it, it's it's it seeps into like every yeah, every and, little pore of your life. And so yeah. many people like aren't even aware of it. Yeah. And I think with especially social media we're being advertised to we don't even know it it's It's so sneaky all the time it's all literally constant the time like i am sitting in a pillow port of my own design and i can see (laughs) one logo three four four logos in the dark right now it's fucking creepy it's literally everywhere that's why camping is so spectacular i went camping last week you know i didn't drive so i don't know nice (laughs) it was it was i don't care it doesn't matter the point is is that uh chris and i were talking on the way back and i said it's kind of going to be shitty when we have it okay it is and it isn't and i'm being a little dramatic but it's going to be a little shitty when we have um like universal wi-fi where it's just connection everywhere because part mm. of the appeal to camping is you can't get on your phone. Yeah. And the whole thing, well, you can put it on airplane mode. Yeah, but you can also take it off airplane mode. Yeah. When you're camping, you have no choice. It and it's really nice. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to be able to just disconnect and yeah. And it's also fun to reconnect and then see how many messages you get and then you get zero. <laughs> That's what happened to me. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. <laughs> but next like time, when we got back from next Moab. Time, yeah, that's true. My when phone we were blew in, the fuck up. Yeah, because we, we were in Moab for what, four days, five days? <clears throat> um, I think five total. Brooke and I and a, in the canyon. Yeah, Brooke and I and a group of friends went to uh, 
White Rim Road. Oh, we definitely said this before because I definitely had to enunciate it like that. Yeah, I think we've talked about it. Anyway, the point is, I guess. The point is, you're going camping or backpacking. I am. I'm going backpacking this this week. Where are you going? Do you know? Are you driving? (laughs) I'm not. I will talk to the pilots on the plane and see if they'll let me, and then I'll talk to the captain of the ferry. Flying somewhere. Yeah, we are going to Channel Islands National Park, which is Where's that? a collection Channel of islands. islands that are west of Ventura, California. Jesus, Basically, you're not just backpacking, you're fucking traveling. Yeah, we really are. When yeah. you said you're backpacking, I was like, oh, weekend trip. Yeah, no, you're fucking going no, somewhere. We're, we're going. We're Who's flying we? out. It's me, Evan, and Evan's stepbrother. Okay. So we're we're flying out. Evan's stepbrother lives in Pasadena, which is outside of LA. Yeah. And Ventura is like same west, stepbrother who was in basically northwest of Yeah, same stepbrother that came to Oh, Vermont. Eric. Mm-hmm. Eric. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm sorry, I forgot he was I forgot that you knew him. Um yes. know him. Uh, uh, <laughs> doesn't matter. It's just it's fine. Um so he lives out there. Ev and I are going to fly out on Wednesday night. And then Thursday morning, we take a ferry from Ventura to Santa Cruz Island. And then we hike 10 and a quarter miles <laughs> to our campsite. Uh, and then we hike back the next day. And our, we have a campsite that's really close to the pickup spot for the boat. Which is nice. So we do like that is going to be and a so qu- beautiful. I'm, Brooke, I'm throwing I'm up thinking about it. I'm beyond excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm also throwing up thinking about it. I am beyond excited. Apparently, so I was, <laughs> I was doing all this research instead of working, and apparently hmm. the Channel <laughs> Islands are some of the most biodiverse islands, or really just like places in the world. Because, yeah, this is, I'm going to nerd out and I'm sort of chuckling to myself because um, Evan and I Skyped with my mom last week and Mm -hmm. I was telling my mom all of this and Mm -hmm. Evan was just like laughing at me because I clearly had done an absurd amount of research (laughs) instead of working that day. Anyway, so. (laughs) Yeah, but who cares? Yeah, right. Exactly. No one can notice. So it's fine. Um. I so the reason that the Channel Islands are so biodiverse there's a bunch of reasons but one of them is they sit on the edge of two tectonic plates the Oregonian mm-hmm. plate and the Californian I think By um, the way listeners this is all off the top of her head I can tell <laughs> Thank you so much for saying that Yeah because I literally it's literally not bright enough in here for me to like have any notes Also the way your them. eyes are moving I can tell you're not reading Okay oh, yeah, so tectonic right. tectonic plates So the tectonic plates and they also are at the convergence of two uh, major ocean currents so mm-hmm. there's cold water that comes oh. in from the north that's very nutrient rich and then there's warm water that comes in from the south that's obviously like very hospitable to marine yeah. life yeah, yeah and yeah. so it mixes and makes this like really lovely Isn't earth cool combo earth is so fucking cool honestly honestly oh speaking I'm of like, cool being earth what yeah <laughs> cool being earth oh that could be the title cool being okay. earth okay 
anything that's cool is being pretty earthy, in my opinion. That's true. Um, I have a headache. Leave me alone. <laughs> so another thing Chris and I did on the way back is um, we listened to a podcast. Yeah, on the way back from camping, we listened to a podcast. Do you know the journalist Michael Pollan? No, I don't. Oh, love. Michael Pollan is, um, he primarily a very earthy name. I know. And he's super into plants. Listen to this. Love that. So he's primarily focuses on food and that's what he's really well known for. Yeah. I would recommend his books, um, especially Omnivore's Dilemma. Um, Oh, I have heard of him. I've heard of that book. But if you're not if you're not into reading a whole book he also has this netflix series it's a four-part series called Mm. cooked based upon one of his books and it's all about and i apparently really love food culture and food Mm -hmm. um food history but it's all about cooking and who does the cooking why we cook um and so it's very fascinating yeah um it focuses on it's four parts and it's all on elements so fire water earth and air the fire is about cooking meat and the ethics of meat and where meat Mm. comes from water with soups um that one was really focused on food history air was bread and Mm. earth was fermentation so oh i love that and yeah super inspiring but within the last few years he's really um forged the way for psychedelics Oh, um, and has done a lot of research on psychedelics and how they impact the world uh, or not the world, how they impact uh, mental health mm. and how you can use those experiences to like really change your life. And so that was a book I read yeah. and his most recent book, which is what he's promoting is called, this is your brain on plants. I believe Ooh, this is your right. mind on plants. This is your brain on plants. And so it, he talked about plant intelligence. Oh, Oh my God. Obsessed. And then the next day, I think I went on a bike ride and I was riding through all these streets and I was like, they're talking to each other. Because <laughs> apparently you... plants can. It's yes. fucking fascinating. No, they totally can. Yes. Have you read Braiding Sweetgrass? Uh-uh. Okay. I'm almost done with it and I'm going to lend it to you because okay. it's basically an entire book that's like a love letter to plants and plant knowledge. And like one of the so, so the, the book like tagline is basically, um, it's written by a woman who is, um, indigenous and a scientist. Mm-hmm. And so her, her uh, like tagline thing is like, mm-hmm. you know, a combination of storytelling, science, and like lessons from plants or something. I'm totally yeah. butchering it. It's well. much more poetic than that. <laughs> But she she talks about how we have so much to learn from plants. And she also yeah. talks about like how how they teach, because obviously yeah. they're not speaking to us in whatever human language. But she was like, if you had a lesson to impart and you didn't have words with which to impart it, wouldn't you dance it? Like, wouldn't it be in yeah. your being just baked yeah. in Ooh, just every movement you make? Oh, my God. I'm... Ooh. I'm I'm obsessed. I, I I'm very close to finishing. Um, it's uh, it's also it's also just a generally. Um, reading that book is like eating 
your <laughs> favorite very rich meal mm-hmm. because like it it's taken me a really long time evan got me this book for christmas and it's now july and i'm <laughs> some just, books are like that just gonna which is fine i'm not i'm not like ragging on myself or anything i'm just no 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 the, some just books illustrating. you can't binge yeah you can't They're not binge meant it. for it. it yeah exactly and and in this book uh one of i love i love this about brooke she uh <laughs> i'm just sort of stealing a story from you that's fine it's okay yeah absolutely it is one of my favorite things about brooke is that she um <laughs> when she's reading a book and she comes to a point that she really loves or like just a moment that sort of makes you like pause she'll just like close the book and press it to her heart mm-hmm. which I, I think is that. so lovely <laughs> I and I think that. that there's so many different instances in which that applies like I just love that because it's so universal it could be a sad moment it could be mm-hmm. a very honest moment it could be a very happy moment I mean, just anyway. that moment that makes you pause and feel oh, <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I'm having like a very sensitive day again not ragging on myself just I am too and I (laughs) that makes me want to cry (laughs) you saying are you really having a sensitive day too yeah yes I am I'm just kind of and I'm just feeling like and the older I get the more I just appreciate the days where I if I don't feel like doing anything that I'm not going to rag on myself like no you need to go work out you need to go you need to clean something you need I'm just gonna I don't want to sometimes you just need to sometimes you need to sit in your pillow fort yep um your audio cut out a little bit there just so you know but your sentiment was lovely well probably because I was futzing with the cord because apparently I have nervous hands on the podcast um anyway yeah I have nervous hands too I think it's because we're so used to doing something (laughs) I'm just like I I feel like a little kid (laughs) I have my legs, I have my legs straight out in front of me, and I just have my hands, like my fingers interlaced, just like keep myself from fidgeting. I've been knocking over my water again, whichever. Oh, please don't. Um, also, within this book, he talks about, I mean, part of plant intelligence, um, and kind of going off with the the woman that. I have a headache. Her book, she wrote a book and she said things. He also said uh-huh. part of being immobile is your defense is very different. Yeah. How you defend yeah. yourself has to be very different. And so he talked about why caffeine exists. Mm, and so yeah. it's a pesticide that doesn't kill your pest because it's better to kind of fuck with their brains, even make them forget where you are that's a much better yeah. defense than killing them because genetic mutation to um be immune to that poison or whatever it is it's higher than just confusing your bug and be like hey you're gonna be confused you're gonna feel weird and then you're not gonna remember where i am get the fuck out get the fuck out it's really like any so i would interesting uh, actually he did a he he's done several podcast interviews but one of them is with the um armchair expert with Zach Shepard oh yeah yeah and you listen yeah so I think he does a really eloquent job of summarizing and giving a an overview but um yeah psychedelics is a big part of it with the whole mental health good segue good segue good segue good segue (laughs) how you doing how you doing 
I'm doing okay. Brooke is asking me how I'm doing because I have been on an antidepressant for, oh gosh, let's see. I think right around my birthday was the one month mark, which means I'm two and a half, almost three months now on it, which is cool. Do you have a plan for how long you're going to be on it? Or is it just who knows? Yeah, well, let me, I'll get into it a little bit and and give the, like, why. Yeah. (laughs) Which is kind of funny because I'm going to say it as if, as if our listener is, yeah, as if you and our one (laughs) listener don't already know. Yeah, but like I said, we're dressing for the, we're dressing for the job we want, not the job we have. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. We're speaking as though we have millions, millions, thousands, hundreds of thousands well, and you know what, in the, in the um, spirit of reciprocity, which is a very mm-hmm. big part of braiding sweetgrass, the book that mm-hmm. I just mentioned, yeah. um, I, before I started taking antidepressants, I had conversations with friends who were already taking them or had taken them in the past and gone off of them and people at all different parts of their antidepressant journeys, quote unquote, mm-hmm. not quote unquote, that doesn't you know that it's fine anyway quote unquote equals for me to summarize yeah exactly right? that's yeah. what quote unquote means that's like right now. basically yeah yeah basically yeah um anyway so I feel like uh, in again in the spirit of reciprocity and uh in the spirit of sort of paying it forward I will explain a little bit about why I'm on them because hearing the like why and the experiences that my friends had or are having helped me feel much more comfortable getting on them in the first place um so I'm gonna get a little personal you cool if I get a little personal I'm gonna like not share the whole story but I'll share a little bit yeah it's your life you can be as personal as you want it's my I'm not exposing our podcast so <laughs> that's true that's true yeah but I I asked you before we started recording if you wanted to talk about it so oh um, yes I, yeah I do want to say that Brooke was very respectful about she didn't just like spring this on me and bring it up she asked me before we started <laughs> hey recording. you're consenting this right <laughs> this hey way. you're cool with this right right good so hit record like got it yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. okay go ahead anyway so you so, have the floor thank you um I will take it and on the floor, I say that uh, <laughs> as you're yeah. sitting on the floor, <laughs> as I am, as you're sitting on the floor and have the floor, you the can floor. begin by saying, and I have the floor and I begin by saying, um, you can tell that I'm, I'm like awkward about this a little bit because of all these like dumb jokes that I'm making to stall anyway. Uh, so, you can, you, uh, yeah, but you have the floor so you can say as much or as I can do whatever want. the heck I want. Stall mm-hmm. as much as I want. Um, <laughs> so funny. Okay, anyway, so um, I, like I said, been on antidepressants for almost three months now, um, which is kind of a cool spot to be in because most of the research I, I, I feel I should disclaim here just to stall some more that um, I am not a doctor. I am not a therapist. <laughs> yeah. I am not yeah. a counselor. I am not licensed. I am not trying to um, like prescribe anybody by saying any of this or uh, even 
go so far as to like recommend that people get on I it. think what you're saying is this is your personal experience yep and it belongs to you and no one else so don't absolutely it belongs to me and no one else and what got me to a point where I felt comfortable getting on them was my therapist brought it up to me more than one time and then I also met with um my like primary healthcare provider who was in my insurance network because I am very fortunate to have health insurance anyway so about three months um and from the like true just like googling that I did um before I got on them what I was reading said that like the three depends a lot on the individual person depends a lot on the type of antidepressant that you're on um but the like three to six month mark is usually when they start to take their like full effect Mm -hmm. because there's different kinds and you might know more about this than I do Brooke but there's different kinds of antidepressants that work in different ways so like there's some that help you like stockpile serotonin wait serotonin yeah serotonin there's some yeah I honestly honestly I produce more of it I get serotonin and dopamine confused every day I do too but I think it's serotonin anyway uh, again I don't know the only reason I know even a little bit about this is because my brother studied psychology and he was super into the drug portion so that's the only reason I'm like oh SSRIs and yeah I don't actually know what I'm talking about I yeah it's a very complicated thing and again like I'm not there's I am not under any delusion that my light Googling (laughs) is anything comparable to like a degree (laughs) in this sort of thing, you know, even taking Um, a class. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. Right. Even uh, one class is not enough. I don't know. You could probably, right. You could probably study this for your entire life. And it is crazy to me that we're all just chemicals. Yeah. Isn't it nuts? We're just like energy and stuff sort of like vibrating really close to each other, which is like kind of freaks me out if I think about it too hard. Anyway. Anyway. So you've been on it for three months. Been on it for three months. Um, My therapist recommended it to me for a couple of reasons. Um, We, in my sessions um, for, geez, probably, I guess it's been about a year actually. Um, I've been in therapy for a little over a year, but it's been like just under a year that we've been working on some, um, uh, some unresolved stuff. childhood trauma. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be a little more specific, but I also feel right. like it's sort of, it's private. Well, it is private. But like, yeah. Like I'm not planning on telling people what the unresolved childhood trauma is, but I will be that specific and say that phrase. But I do feel like that phrase is like almost stereotypical, which is really sad and fucked up. But anyway, so um, uh, in working through that, we've been we've been doing a couple different. um, We've been approaching it a couple different ways. So like one of the things that we do in my sessions is called EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization Mm -hmm. reprocessing. so like it's sort of reminiscent of like you know being hypnotized in like an old movie but it like (laughs) actually has scientific backing to it that um it's kind of like when you sleep you know you like REM sleep your deep sleep is rapid eye movement Mm -hmm. that's what REM stands for I I don't think I'm saying anything that Brooke doesn't know but I'm just 
being thorough in my explanation. Yeah, so, of course. Um, and in your REM sleep, like that's when you process the stuff that's happened to you, I guess. Again, I don't, I don't really fully understand this, so I'm not trying to like give anybody a lesson, but I think REM sleep, EMDR is like doing that intentionally with the help of a licensed professional um, like while you're awake. <laughs> so it's a, it's a really good way. I think the first therapist I worked on this stuff with um, said it like this, like it's a really good way to work on stuck stuff. So things that um, repressed that memories. Like, yeah. Like repressed is a good word. I think it's also stuff that's like I think repressed has a lot of that word has a lot of um, sort of like weight and like connotation. Yeah, baggage kind of. Uh, yeah, it's sort of a word with baggage. So if not repressed, then like stuff that comes up continuously for you, but that you maybe don't fully understand or um, like a big part of trauma is, and especially trauma when you're young and you don't have as many tools to yeah. process. Yeah. Is that like you, your, your brain, when it gets to be too much, your brain shuts it off. Right. Or shuts off your memory. Right. And like, yeah. your brain does all these really crazy, cool things. Sorry, not crazy. I'm trying to use the word crazy less and I'm, I'm struggling with it. Your brain does all these wild, <laughs> wild. Oh, that's, that's the word I always use to replace it. Let me be more specific <laughs> than that. Even though your brain does very um ingenuitive that's not a word is that a word it is now you have the floor i think it is so uh ingenuity i think is a word ingenuity is a word but i don't know that ingenuitive i don't know maybe just ingenious maybe i'm trying to sound too oh your brain has all these very ingenious very yeah that sounds better (laughs) very thorough ways of protecting you from stuff that like you don't know how to process which is which is fascinating to me that like it's as interesting as plants it's as interesting as plants it's like your 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 brain and your reality sort of like folding in on itself to be like okay we understand what just happened enough to understand that we can't we can't hold on to this in it's like pure raw Form, the way that we hold on to other memories mm-hmm. so like we gotta we gotta like scramble this shit up a little bit <laughs> to like keep moving forward and to and to like get out of bed in the morning and put food and water in our mouths and walk places and you know be active and like just live your general daily life you know mm-hmm. um so my therapist and I, um, you know, another thing, this is a question I have for you because I think you might know the answer to this. If you don't, that's okay too. I'll still love you. Therapist, <laughs> therapist versus counselor. I think therapists have to have more schooling. Okay. But I don't I, know how much more. I want to talk to the person I work with because I think that she... I think that I call her a therapist, but I think she might call herself a counselor and I should, I should be better about that. Anyway, that's sort of a tangent. Um, 
I'll, I also could be wrong, by the way. I'll start calling her my counselor because I feel like that's more that that encompasses more than therapist does. I don't know. I'm not sure either. It's fine. She's gonna... your life coach. She's my life. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually yes. She'd be <laughs> so <laughs> mad if she. <laughs> She's like, she... are you fucked? A life coach. <laughs> You know, what's funny is she's so, one of the things that I like about her and about working with her is she's very intentional when I like ask for advice to not give it to me. She's yeah. like, I, I don't run your life. Like, that's not what this is about. Like, this is about yeah. me helping you process your feelings and reflect <laughs> yeah. back to you and all that stuff. Shout out to, shout out to my counselor. Um, so my counselor and I have been doing EMDR. EMDR again is the, um, eye movement desensitization reprocessing so it's a way to go back to that quote-unquote stuck stuff um some people i was also reading a reddit (laughs) um there's there's a reddit community around emdr Mm -hmm. and i've heard a lot of like very differing experiences yeah some people um and i've also been reading some books so i'll I will, um, in our show notes, I'll post, I'll, I'll, I'll include links to like all the books and shows we've mentioned. Um, there's a book on EMDR that's sort of meant more for the person who's counseling rather than the person that's being counseled. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very much like, I actually said this to Evan today. Um, like when I encounter a problem I usually like sulk about it for a little bit. That's stage one. And then stage <laughs> two for me is information gathering. Mm-hmm. So for me, this is part of like reading these books and going on Reddit and Googling. Like this mm-hmm. is all sort of my like information gathering. Yeah. Um, so there's a book, I believe, I want to say the author is Francine Shapiro who created and or pioneered EMDR as, as a method. And, and like one of the first examples that she gives in her book is like, there's this woman who has like, um, it's just like a really weird feeling about like the color red and candles. Mm-hmm. And then she does EMDR with a counselor and um, un, sort of like uncovers a memory of Um, being in a car accident when she was very young where the car that she was in got hit at a red light on a way on their way to like a birthday party where they were bringing the candles or something or the Mm -hmm. candles and the cake you know so so stuff Mm -hmm. like that it's not my experience has been that like it hasn't um I haven't I've I, 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 um, <laughs> I have a stutter. <laughs> I have a stutter now. That's, that's where I'm at. Um, <laughs> what's funny is I'm, I'm going to start the sentence with I, <laughs> I can't do it now. I have you can use my nasal had. voice. I'm not as good at it as you are. So I have not had this particular experience of um like a a, shock, like a revelation. Big revelation. Yeah. I have gained 
a lot of clarity about the things that I believe about myself. I've gained a lot of clarity about my own boundaries with things. Ooh, having boundaries is hard. Having boundaries is very hard. And I, I, I've really enjoyed the process. It's been very intense, which is why I went on the antidepressants because the EMDR like brings up a lot of stuff. What does that mean? It brings up a lot of stuff. Is it like you're in a lucid dream? No, not quite. But it, it, for me, what that means or meant, well, I was going to say or meant, but really it's, I'd say it's still happening. So I'll say what it means for me um, is like it, it, it brings on some of the somatic feelings of when I was experiencing trauma. So that was really, really, really hard when we first started doing EMDR. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what happened was like, I was, I was working with one therapist and then I got a new job. So I switched insurances and I got a, I, I started working with someone else who was, um, not in my network, but just more affordable. Mm -hmm. So with my first therapist, I only had four or five sessions, um, but we did do EMDR in one of them. Um, But we didn't do any containment strategies afterwards. Right. Basically the idea of containment, like it is what it sounds like. EMDR sort of opens the Pandora's box, can make you really raw and vulnerable, um, can you know, it doesn't like stop when the session's over, right? Like stuff can come up for you, you know, hours or days later. Um, So like I did it the first time and then there was a little bit of a break in between when I saw my first therapist and when I started seeing the woman that I see now. Um, And then once she and I started doing EMDR, um, like we did one session and then I, I was just like super, super rough for like a couple days to a week. Um, mm-hmm. and she kind of asked, so, so like there's, there's containment strategies and there's also resourcing. So resourcing is sort of like the prep work, um, like building, um, building, I don't know. I feel like toolkit sounds kind of cheesy, but that's the best <laughs> word I can think of. Yeah. To deal with it, right? Like again, yeah. Usually people doing EMDR are trying to um like usually it's used to treat some like pretty heavy shit. So yeah. like you need to go into it prepared. And so we did like um some guided meditations, you know, we did some we did a lot of stuff. I don't, I don't remember all of it. So how does it work? How do you get, I mean, I guess that's my question to you. Do you put on these weird goggles? Yeah. No, no, that's a good question. So there's actually a lot of different, like literal ways to do it. Yeah. Um, the first person I worked with had, um, had these little, it was like a little box with, two wires and then at the end of the wires were these little like discs I mean small like a quarter yeah and I I would put one disc in each hand 
Um, mm-hmm. And then with that little box was like the control panel. And so um, it's basically just like left to right movement. So when my therapist would turn on the like device, I don't know what it's called. It would go back and forth. So like buzz in my left hand, buzz in my right, buzz mm-hmm. left, buzz right, buzz left, mm-hmm. buzz right. You can also do tapping where you literally just put your, you cross your arms over your chest and you tap your shoulders. Um, you can also do that on your knees. Um, I couldn't do that because <laughs> that's the other thing is the the pacing of the, of the taps or the vibrations or whatever it is um, can affect like how the EMDR works. Again, I don't really know how. I so just it really it is just like a weird it is kind hypnosis. of like hypnosis. Like that's why, like that's a lot of really people, like meditating hypnosis. It sounds like. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's so strange. Cause you kind of have to, oh, and then there's, so the, there's also the way that I use now, I, I find that like, if I'm the one doing the pulsing or the tapping or whatever it is, I can't, I can't like surrender myself to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Cause you're so focused to. on Cause I get rhythm, too focused rhythm, on rhythm, rhythm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Cause I'm so, right. I'm so goddamn performative, but I, I can't <laughs> even, I can't even like be in a therapy session and be okay with not tapping perfectly. Yeah. Um, so the way that we do now, and I actually, I do a lot better when my eyes are closed. So okay. we use a website um, where like my therapist, again, she, like on her, she's on sort of the admin side of it. So she decides um, excuse me, she decides, um, how fast it goes, the sound, the color of the, there's a dot that can move across the screen. So that's like a, that the website does the dot and the sounds. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, we started doing like, I would follow the dot and it would do the sounds, but closing my eyes helped a lot. So now I just do the dots or the, sorry, the sounds. I feel like I didn't describe that very well. <laughs> no, I, I'm understanding. Okay. And the other thing I'll say, again, just in case we ever get rich and famous and a lot of people listen to this, <laughs> is like, don't do EMDR on your own. Like, yeah. I am not recommending that. It honestly sounds very much like a psychedelic trip in which you're trying to heal something. Like, yeah. It you kind need of, it to be guided. Yeah. You need to know what the risks are you need to know that you have to kind of surrender to this and that Mm -hmm. things can come up that are shitty but they're coming up for a reason exactly and And you need someone there who's a trained professional a a guide who can deal with the stuff that comes up or help help, like help you deal with you get out of it help you get out of it help oh my gosh this was so wild we were was this during EMDR? this might not have been during emdr but this is a good illustration of um, like how much your brain changes when you're talking about traumatic things. I don't remember if this, again, I don't remember if this is during an EMDR session or during a normal talk session. Uh, I shouldn't say normal during a talk session. Um, but my therapist, I was very emotional. Um, and my therapist held up a couple fingers and said, how many fingers am I holding up? And it took me like, like 30 full seconds <laughs> to count the fingers that she was like, and she only had one hand up. It's not like she had like two, even it's not if she like had you two had to hands. count to eight. 
Right. I didn't have to count past five, but it took me a solid 30 seconds. Um, Because you just get, I mean, like you're, the way that your brain functions is dramatically impacted by trauma. Yeah. When you're trying to heal from trauma or trying to like talk about it or relive it, like it just takes you to a whole different place and it's, it, it's very dysregulating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so anyway, so, so that's how, that's how I do EMDR now with my counselor. Um, I, get, I have my eyes closed, feet on the floor is a really big part of it for me too. Um, Cause we use that as sort of like a rooting technique. That's the other thing, like my, I repressed my trauma for such a long time that like, that's my challenge now is I, I have really, really fuzzy memories that I'm learning to trust more and more, especially as I do more EMDR, but they're, they're fuzzy nonetheless. And so um, we're sort of just working with these like gut feelings that I have. And for me, most of the process recently has been about just learning to trust myself and like give myself some credit. Um, yeah. And, oh, so uh, to, to like, <laughs> this is like a very long window way of explaining why I'm on antidepressants was because okay. we started EMDR. I was having a really, really hard time. Um, had a couple of like really rough, I don't want to say episodes, but like episodes, I don't know. Just days where not, no, no, not even sessions. I just mean like after sessions in between sessions, I I had like some very, very intense depressive symptoms. Um, A lot of anxiety. I'm very fortunate that there were no feelings of like self-harm um, yeah and I will I will put a trigger warning on this episode because we're talking about some pretty heavy shit yeah um, just that's that's more of like a reminder to myself but no I think um, that's a good idea thank you um so yeah I, I like just struggling really really bad with mental health like there was a weekend you know, I had a session on like a Thursday or something. And from like Friday to Monday or Tuesday, I was like, not okay. My counselor described it as being quote unquote in crisis. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like a little bit shy about reaching out to her about it again, because like, that's a big part of what I'm trying to deal with is like learning how to validate my feelings for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I did end up reaching out to her before our next session and we did sort of like an emergency like mini session mm-hmm. that helped a lot um and then we introduced that's actually when we introduced parts work um which is another um I, I don't even know what to call it like a mental health care routine <laughs> um yeah no I think that's yeah a night routine a morning routine we all need mental, yeah, health, mental care health care routine, routine. yeah exactly um, there's another really good book about parts work if anyone's curious about that. And that's parts work is one that you can, I think that's more one that you can do on your own. Um, cause it's just identifying like the different aspects that make up your 
personality, your character, whatever you want to call it. And it can be really powerful to identify, especially when you're dysregulated, to identify like which part of you is in control. So again, like I'm working on childhood stuff. So like there's in my, in my parts work world, you know, there's like adult V, there's creative V, there's romantic V, there's um, rebel V, there's also goody two shoes V, there's also Mm -hmm. child V. And so a lot of times um, in regards to this stuff that I've been hinting vaguely at mm-hmm. this whole episode like child be is the one in control and so like even just being able to identify that is really powerful because then I can ask her what she needs and I can think about her specific circumstances and situation and just have more empathy for her have more empathy for myself um re-regulate a bit easier anyway so I had a couple of these like very intense mental health moments. Um, That's when we started introducing parts work. This was sort of like halfway through the EMDR stuff. Um, And so my therapist recommended antidepressants. I was just struggling, like just straight up, I was struggling. You know, it was winter time. I was we just went through a global pandemic we just went through a global pandemic it like we're wasn't over going we're still kind it. of going through it um and you know I don't like my job yeah. I was tired all the time um yeah I think I didn't feel very connected to my friendships yeah just like everyone yeah, yeah that was the oh, hardest thing I think for such, me such a huge part of it felt very isolated Yeah. And for me, this is like generally true. Like I feel very grateful for the friends that I have made in Denver, but I don't, I I don't feel that I've built the sort of community that I want to build. And sort of like the community that I've come to know as like a true support system. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, that's a little bit besides the point, but anyway, I, I was, I had a lot of depressive symptoms um was like working through this really intense stuff in therapy and my therapist recommended it to me um and of course <laughs> there's I, I've completely usurped this episode I hope that's okay that's <laughs> totally fine um so I think this is a very it's super important to talk about I think it's really important to talk about and again like I feel so much gratitude to the people in my life who have been very open and very honest with me about their mental health. Because like, if my dad hadn't died and if I didn't know people who are very close to me who had who had also sought counseling or again, taken antidepressants, like I yeah. never would have gone to therapy. But I've yeah. needed it for like 20 years. <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> so it, it, it's- Pretty much uh, on the nose. Yeah, exactly. So I feel very, 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 very grateful um, to those people. Y'all know who you are. <laughs> um, and and so for me, talking about it is like not only important to help just reduce like a general stigma, but it's also mm-hmm. sort of like my my love letter to those people um, yeah. who were vulnerable with me and open with me because that's not easy to do. So no, it's definitely not. Yeah. 
It's not easy to say, Hey, I have a lot of healing that I need to do and it needs to be on a professional level. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And And to say like, I, even to say I'm struggling, it just took me 50 minutes to say (laughs) I was struggling and that's why I took antidepressants. You know what I mean? Like there's, and again, this is like part of my, part of my struggle I don't I don't like saying that because it feels kind of Hitlery. <laughs> Anytime I hear someone say my struggle, I always think of Mein Kampf. Uh, so I'll, I'll rephrase it to say <laughs> um, part of what I'm currently challenging myself on mm-hmm. is um, learning to trust my emotions um which like sounds so easy when I say it but it's been very difficult for me yeah but that's part of boundaries is boundaries with yourself and boundaries to say okay I feel shitty and I'm gonna sit in that shitty moment Mm -hmm. just so I can feel it and I don't abandon myself and I don't repress it that's like yeah I've had such a such a revelation I'm trying to prevent a sneeze, so I'm holding my nose and I feel like I sound like you. <laughs> oh my God. Have you ever had to sneeze so bad it feels like worms are coming out of your eyes? Oh, that's what a terrible thing you just said. I'm, I'm upset with you. <laughs> it was me yesterday at work because I, I didn't want to sneeze all over customers because yeah. they get mad during a pandemic when you sneeze on them. Sure. That's and cool. I, I was like, in my head, I was like, dude, you need to tell me what fucking shoe you want so I can go in the back and sneeze because it feels like worms are coming out of my eyes oh, hurry up what a terrible feeling just like goes up through your skull and out no, your no, eyes yeah, yeah anyway that's why I'm so um, upset with you because it's so accurate <laughs> it's worms. um yeah just like wriggling little monsters Ugh, um what were you saying before you had a sneeze? I think I was saying something to the tune something of like learning to trust myself. Also learning to validate my experience for myself. That's something that has been very interesting to dive yeah. into further. Again, with the help Did of it? a licensed professional. Um, but I've, I've found you. that in my more... Um, in the moments when I've been feeling all of the trauma and all of the work more intensely, I um, I have wanted the things that happened to me to be worse. Yeah. In order to justify how intense my reaction was slash is. Um. So that's, that's been really hard to like, yeah, and I be okay with not ever knowing what exactly happened and to be okay with, and to, and to still feel committed to, um, committed to the process and committed to the healing. Yeah, I sent you something I found on Tumblr. What a Tumblr? Yes. And I'll read it to you now. <laughs> Please do. I think I know uh, what this is. Yeah. My therapist told me that trauma is any situation in which you feel helpless that has had a long that has had a lasting impact on you. 
Trauma doesn't always feel traumatic at the time. You're valid in your emotions even long after something has happened. Mm. Boom. Yep. So much easier said than done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I, I will say too, like, I feel like I've, I feel like I explained what EMDR was and then I ragged on it for a while. <laughs> or I described how, 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 uh, how much it's fucked me up. But I will say well, between the EMDR and between the antidepressants, I have gained, I think I said this, I've gained a lot of clarity on a lot of things. Like I, um, some of it's sort of random and seems unconnected, but like gain some clarity on like what I want for my future in terms of children. Um, I, oh, I just, I had another one and I just lost it. Um, oh, gain some clarity on like what I want to do career-wise, which, which is one of those that doesn't seem adjacent necessarily. Yeah, it doesn't but, seem like it's connected. Yeah. But it feels amazing. It just, I, I just, I, I feel much more clear-headed since I've started taking antidepressants and I've also like I part of all the stuff that's like kind of rolled up in everything I'm working on is anger like I have a really complicated relationship with anger and I don't fully understand my relationship with it yet Mm -hmm. but like very very recently I realized like how anger can serve me and that I'm allowed to feel it. I know I I, anger was one of those things that like I shove it as far away from me as possible. Whenever I feel it, I hate it. I hate the emotion. Hmm. I hate the way it makes me act. I actually have like a lot of dreams about this. You have a lot of anger for anger. Yes, I have a lot of anger towards it, which is like, okay, duh. It's like if your feelings towards anger are so strong that they become anger, it's like maybe there's something there. Like maybe you should pay attention to that. Um, but again, like talk about boundaries, talk about knowing yourself, talk about trusting yourself, like believing yourself when you're angry and expressing that anger in a healthy way. That's that's fucking huge for me. That was like mind blowing. I, I never felt, I never gave myself permission to feel angry because I hated having to like come back down from the anger and say, sorry afterwards. Like that is my impression of anger. Hmm. And yeah. so like, okay. I, I am very yeah. grateful to my counselor. I'm very grateful to EMDR. I'm very grateful yeah. for parts work. I'm very grateful for antidepressants. Um, because I feel like that's uh, my relationship with anger is changing as I learn to trust myself and as I like even just believe myself that I deserve to be angry. Yeah, that is that is yeah. absolutely a radical notion for me. <laughs> huh. I think probably a lot of women feel that way. I think I think I was actually talking to a friend about all these like revelations about anger. Um, and they said, they said, um, they were, they were like only half kidding. They were like, 
I'm not saying it's because we were socialized as women, but (laughs) (laughs) we feel like we can't be angry. Yeah, we have to be people pleasing. There's like so many, so many layers to that. So wild. So I've successfully stolen this entire episode. I'm not apologizing, but I'm acknowledging. I gave you the floor. (laughs) For the record. You did give me the floor. And I made the segue. You did make the segue. That's true. Plus the cursed post that I was going to tell you about. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I am in no mood because I need to make fun of it. It's so funny. Do you want to save it? Save it for next week? Oh, I've got it saved because I really want to talk about it. I'm very excited. So that's what it is so cursed (laughs) so heavy sign so cursed but it's so cursed. i almost feel like it's light it's like it's not that cursed because it's so easy to make fun of okay that's (laughs) that's my kind of cursed actually yeah it's just (laughs) lightweight cursed it's just so i'll give you a hint it's so conservative boomer humor Ooh. It's conservative boomer humor is a good name for a band. Is it? <laughs> yes. Okay. Hey, that's our band name for this. I mean, episode. it's kind of a sc- I this saw this week's bumper. episode. <laughs> that's the band for this week. Yep. Last week that's was funny. what taste taste the yellow suit. Taste the yellow suit. Yeah. Yep. How the fuck did I remember that? Do you feel like I'm your impressed. memory's improving? I, you know, it's wild. I don't feel like my memory is improving. I feel like my memory has always been very good and I am just now learning to trust it. Oh, good. I have had a lot, a lot of memories come up. And I think that's sort of the thing with the MDR. Like it's, it's sort of this, um, if anyone's been swing dancing, I know Brooke has, because I went swing dancing with her once and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot. Pre-COVID. Yeah, (laughs) I got very sick the next day with the flu. Oh, such a such a bummer that's fine however the reason i bring up swing dancing uh is because there there's a mutual tension that the dance relies on i I suppose that's true of a lot of dances i don't really know but yeah there's this mutual tension and i feel like for me with emdr there's there needs to be a mutual tension of me surrendering to emdr trusting emdr itself trusting my counselor trusting myself yeah in order i think the trusting myself is the biggest thing because i have to trust myself in order for memories to come up when we do emdr sessions yeah so again it's sort of reality folding in on itself just the same way it folds in on itself when your brain conceals trauma from you you kind of have to fold in on yourself when you're trying to work through trauma, or at least that's been my experience um, because I have to be like, I believe myself. So when stuff comes up, I believe it. But if I didn't believe stuff when it came up, then stuff wouldn't come up. I, I don't know. It's sort of a chicken or the egg thing. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Did I trust myself first or did something come up? But <laughs> things know? are getting better. That's but, yeah that's the that's what I gained yeah things are getting better and and again this is why it's so important to work with a licensed professional I can't stress that enough because I don't necessarily notice those things as they happen 
Yeah. But my counselor will say after a session, like, I want you to walk away from this, do your containment strategies and walk away from this realizing like you have a damn good memory. You remembered, you know, the like the little freaking Burger King Dexter toys that your dad used to put on a shelf in the basement on the way to the laundry. Yeah. You, you, like stuff like that. Like I've had a lot of like textures and smells and little yeah. like snippets and yeah. Um it's pretty satisfying to feel connected to those again. Yeah, and probably feel like your life is a little bit more fully fledged because you can remember it. Yeah, exactly. And, and just like things, I, I feel like I'm I'm like getting to know myself better. I feel like that sounds really cheesy. No, but... I feel like you're getting to know childhood V a little bit better because yeah. there's so many more memories that make her up. Yeah, exactly. For you. Exactly. And it helps me connect to her now as adult V. Yeah. Um, trying to help her and trying to let her help me. I guess that's the mutual tension. The mutual tension is between the version of me that is sitting here on a Zoom call with you and is safe and um, able to process these things. She needs to be in mutual tension with the childhood version of me that experienced those things and that still lives in that moment. And that's where the balancing act is, is like remembering that you're safe now and also connecting and being empathetic to the moments when you felt unsafe. Mm -hmm. Fucking brutal. (laughs) It's really fucking hard. Oh, I wanted to say one more. We're a little over an hour, but I'm cool with it. Are you cool with it? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I dissociate a lot and that's been a really big part of what what I try to work on in EMDR, what makes it difficult to do EMDR. Um, And that manifests in ways I didn't expect Mm -hmm. when I'm in a session, eyes closed, headphones on, you know, the sounds are moving back and forth between my left and right ear, ears. And, um, I just, I never expected it to be like this, but I'll get very dizzy or I'll feel like my head is really far away from my feet or like I'm huh. sort of floating. Floating, yeah. Um, Interesting. Like you I don't feel grounded at all. I don't feel grounded, exactly. And the dizziness is like, a, okay, things are getting really intense. We need to like ground a little bit or, you know, this is where we'll end EMDR for the day. Um I've also had some stuff where like, I don't know that this is dissociation necessarily, but feeling like this is probably more my like trust, trust related stuff, but I'll have my eyes closed and we're doing EMDR and I'll feel like someone else is in the room, even though I know I'm the only one at home. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's been interesting. Do you want to hear something sort of more lighthearted to wrap it up on? Yeah, sure. My containment strategy. So the the imagery that we use, my counselor and I, um, for containment strategies is like imagining a room, just like one single room where you can see all the walls. They're close enough to you that you can see them. And um, 
you imagine that the things that we, or I imagine that the things we talked about in that session are scattered around the room and they just look like whatever I want them to look like. There's also a box in the room and the box gets to look like whatever I want it to look like. And I have to pick up all of those things and put them in the box until the room is like completely, I think it's a white room or something. I don't remember, but um, until the room is empty mm -hmm. and then I just keep them in that box until the next session. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think I've actually even told my, my counselor this, but <laughs> I like to imagine <laughs> I have one of the Ghostbusters packs. <laughs> it just sucks, sucks everything up and puts it in the little, like the, you know, the little. Yeah. God, the brain that's my, is so that's weird. It's my, <laughs> my containment strategy. Inspired by Bill Murray. Inspired by Bill Murray. Who better to be inspired by, really? Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen Better Call Bob? No. What about what Bob? What about Bob? What about I love Bob? that movie, and I've been to that lake many times. Oh, lake really? Winni lake Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire. So yeah. just your other containment strategy can be baby steps. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. I have to rewatch that movie that movie. It's silly. It's a silly movie. What about Bob? That's pretty that's pretty uh that's um relevant. Yeah. Because Bob in that movie played by it's, Bill Murray is uh, uh he's mentally his, Ill. like main identifier is that he's a he's a uh recipient of counseling and therapy. Yeah. And he, and he follows the whole the whole plot of the movie is that he follows he's so desperate for his therapist's advice and attention that he follows his therapist on his therapist vacation, family yep. vacation. He, he takes baby steps. Takes baby steps. <laughs> so funny. Baby steps to the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> baby steps home. Anyway. Anywho. Good movie. Yeah. Educational podcast. Educational. This was very educational. Hopefully. I hope it was educational. I think it was. We talked about plants and we talked about brains. Yeah. Uh, very similar things, really, at the end of the day. Honestly. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for showing up. Yeah. And, and being real and being raw and being honest. Yeah, dude. Like we're, I forget if we said it on the podcast or if we said it beforehand, but I, I'm having a sensitive day and I think Brooke is as well. So yeah, we're this actually, yeah, this was like fairly, I also think hopefully it was good for you to not have to talk as much with your headache. Yeah, I think it was. I'm trying um, to justify. I'm glad that we didn't have to be funny. I know. And people are listening like, when were you ever? <laughs> But it was nice to just be calm. That's it was. what's so you nice have, about balance. You have to again so we've nice said about this being before. our own boss. That's exactly. And we've said this before. We are interested in representing the full spectrum of human experience. And here's part of it. You're welcome. And it's weird that we keep showing up in very similar moods. I know it's kind of creepy. It's, it's kind all of, connected. It's kind of <laughs> yeah, we were supposed to record. <laughs> uh two, saturday two days ago yeah, yeah saturday and then you texted me and you're like oh, i'm not feeling it and i was like thank god because <laughs> i wasn't feeling it either 
which is so funny. And I was, I felt the same way when you texted me back and said that. It's like, <laughs> oh, thank goodness. I really didn't want her to be like super gung ho and me to be the one that was like, no, a I wet was, blanket. <laughs> I had ridden my bike really far and I was eating mm. and I, took me longer yeah. to cook than I realized and I'm still shoving it mm-hmm. in my I was like oh I just like, kind of really want to chill now yeah exactly I don't feel funny yeah yeah exactly and that's how I did feel that way today I was like I don't really feel funny at all this is gonna be interesting I also was like I'm not making anything today <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you showed up and didn't want to make anything either which is just so I mean I guess that's yeah I mean I've started like a, a painting a, I just didn't want to work on it tonight yeah and I think that's fair we're still making stuff. Yeah, we're making this podcast. I've got my mom's shoes. <laughs> I a picture of them. I made a pillow fort. Gosh, dang it. I know. And honestly, if it doesn't improve my audio, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> you sound better. So I think I sound better, too. I have my headphones on. Not that you can see it because. Yeah, I really can't. I'm so concealed in the darkness. I'm but... sorry. I don't think it's gotten dark. I don't think you can see me either. All right. Well, <laughs> we did but, uh... it. What an episode. Yeah, we did do it. I think we wrap it up. I think we head on over to the uh to the outro. All right, roll roll the reel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for listening to the show. made it this far we really appreciate it i think talking about mental health is so important yeah we did it we did do it thanks everyone for listening to my um my like one woman band my my one woman therapy session uh yeah and if you feel like you need mental health help contact a professional there's a lot of resources we'll include some in the show notes on a on a reel Level. Yeah, there's a ton of resources yeah. and especially with the year and a half we've we've literally all had seriously except yes. for maybe jeff bezos he made a lot of money yeah which is probably why he needs therapy so in, even actually him, yeah so even jeff him. think about it that way if jeff isn't too good for therapy maybe jeff if you're listening that. you can email us a at a dot white dot noise podcast at gmail.com easy and boy give us... you can also follow us on instagram <laughs> at boy. white underscore noise underscore podcast underscore and in the very Drop least us a line. we should come up we should make a venmo just so that jeff bezos can send us money too yeah you can support the podcast yeah. um and in the very least jeffy if you're not feeling generous <clears throat> you can at least look at what we're posting on instagram because so much of what we do is so miserable that it's that's where we post our art and uh, and our pillow, pillow forts <laughs> and our mom's shoes from 2001. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, well, we will see y'all next week. Yeah, for another and episode where I'm going to talk about boomer humor. I promise. Boomer humor. Yep. Absolutely. I'm so into it. I'm so into it. <laughs> Can't wait. Okay. Pod you later. Pod you later. Bye. <laughs>